Fresh Breakfast. Monday to Friday, 5, 5 to 8 a.m. on Metro FM. At a 6.54 every Wednesday, we deal with not only conflict resolution, but we try and give you information and tools that allow you to cope in your day-to-day living or mm. that allow you to understand how other people are living. So, for instance, today we're talking about families that have to raise, live with children that have special needs. Yeah. And how they're coping. Mm-hmm. Are they coping? Um, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Uh, a lot of you are getting in touch via WhatsApp. My nephew has autism and doesn't like noise. He's five and he's now beginning to talk. We treat him normally and discipline him the same as other children in the family mm. um, so that the other children can understand that uh, we need to treat him like he's just another child. Yeah. yeah. Do, you th- do you think that's fair? It, to treat him like other kids? Yes. If, because there's a reason behind him maybe acting a certain way? I think it is to normalize a child as much as possible, personally. Mm-hmm. But listen, we have a clinical psychologist and founder of Psych Matter Center. Her name is Joanna Clevolu. Is it Clevolu? Clevolu? <laughs> That's right, Cleovolu. Cleovolu. Joanna, mm-hmm. welcome. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Thanks for joining us. What does Psych Matters do? What do you guys do? We're a family therapy center based in Bedford View, and we help parents, families, and children deal with traumatic incidences, um, stress levels, anxiety, depression, all sorts of different psychiatric difficulties. Yes. And to help them really cope and master their lives. So you have a child with special needs. As a family, how do you, what would you recommend is the best way to deal with it, including the siblings, obviously, in the raising of this child? Sure. So according to the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders, when your child has been diagnosed with as a, a chronic illness, it can be very devastating for a parent. And in fact, they've, co- they've used to, uh, catastro- seen it as a catastrophic stressor, mm. synonymous with a natural disaster. Mm. So it can be very devastating for a parent to hear that their child has got this uh, other life-threatening illness or um, a special needs dis- a condition that's going to affect them for the rest of their lives. Mm. And often many, many parents feel very guilty and either blame themselves are angry at themselves or at God for that matter because of this. I thought, you know, how can we, how could we have prevented this? Yes. So I think what is important for most parents to understand is that children actually deeply crave structure and they need to feel safe and secure. And that means that how do we balance what they require in terms of their special needs, in terms of their physical care, their mental, emotional and spiritual care compared to um, what they, they deeply need as a child? Yes. And that is, you know, how you don't want to be too permissive, allowing them just to get away with, with all sorts of things, but also to balance it with structure and routine and discipline so that that's what makes them actually feel safe and, and um, settled in this world. So, for instance, with the WhatsApp we got, my nephew has autism and doesn't like noise. He's five and he's now beginning to talk. We treat him normally and discipline him the same way as other children in the family. Would that be advisable, for instance? Sure. At the same time, the, typically children with autism have got uh, sensory issues. So mm. what we would tolerate as normal noise for a child with autism, it could be excessively devastating and, mm. and, um, and annoying. They can't tolerate that noise, so they might then react and ha- are having tantrums. They might act out by um, lashing out and so forth. So you need to kind of match, is this child behaving in a... In a um, destructive way, disruptive way because they're just being naughty or is it because they can't tolerate the noise? Mm. So it's important for the child to, or for the parents to understand and the system to understand 
that my child at some point cannot be treated as other children based on the acting out behavior because it might be a symptom of what they're struggling with. Mm, mm. So it's important to know the diagnosis and to treat it well and to get the right kind of information to understand where your child is at so you can match the child in terms of what they're communicating to you. Because often naughty behavior is actually a symptom of what they're trying to tell in terms of their distress. Yes. Now, keeping a child at home and looking after them and spending pretty much 24 hours with them because you're the parent and they need special needs versus finding a special needs school. Uh, what is best practice? What, what do you recommend? Again, it really depends on where the child is at and how severe the difficulties are. Yes. But we also often recommend, depending also on what uh, psychological and cognitive level the child is at. So if a child is able to um, engage with the world and is able to be stimulated, um, and doesn't need as intense uh, f- you know, physical care, then it would be important for the child to be integrated into some sort of society. Mm. And there are often g- good schools in your area. You just need to you know, perhaps connect with the Department of Health and Education to see where there are special needs schools in your area sure. and to ascertain, because they often then do an assessment on your child to see where your child is um, developed in terms of their milestones, their their medical, the best fit is at. But again, you need to decide, you know, do you have access to to care at home? Do you have the finances, the resources? Mm. Um, As a parent, are you able to stay at home? Where are you at? Are you able to cope physically, mentally, psychologically, caring for your child 24-7 versus having support at home versus going to sending your your child to a, a special needs school where you're getting a lot of stimulation there with all sorts of therapy interventions. So you might have occupational therapists, physios, um, specialized treatment that will help your child develop to the point where they can optimally develop in terms of their potential so that they can somewhat uh, cope in the outside world one day when, they, when they're 18. W- would you recommend counseling siblings? Absolutely. So I'm actually seeing, I often see siblings of children with special needs, often what happens with parents, their focus becomes so... Um, uh, entrenched on the child because they're so mm. concerned about the, the special needs child mm. that they often sideline the, the other child that is actually doing quite well. And what often happens is there could be sibling rivalry, the child then might feel emotionally neglected, and they then start building resentment and anger and all sorts of other difficulties um, as they're growing up. And so I often see them in, in the therapeutic space. Yeah. So it really is important that you you make the time to connect with your child, and often those children will other present with um, psychosomatic complaints, mm. not with emotional ones. So they often talk about headaches, tummy aches, because it's very well telling mommy and daddy, um, I'm also so I need you. Please I want attention, mm. yes. And what about the parents? The moment you realize that you are about to bring a child that is going to have special needs into the world, don't you, do you suggest that they also seek psychological help because you think you will cope because mm. you are supposed to just love your child, but you never know the psychological impact it's going to have on you as a parent and a caregiver? Absolutely. And I think this, the discrepancy that most parents feel is, you know, this, this paradox between I need to love and I have to love my child in terms of what society says versus the shock of what I'm having to deal with. And all these conflicted feelings can be very upsetting and confusing for a person. So either what a parent does is they shut down and they're just going to automatic pilot mm. and they then either burn out or they then um, experience depression and anxiety and all sorts of other psychiatric illnesses. Mm. 
and 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 they feel such shame based on what they're feeling, and hence why having a psychological confidential supportive space where they can really just navigate through those very difficult emotions yeah. to help them, you know have that kind of support and also just help them understand that this is a normal part of working through. In fact, it's kind of like grief mm. because you're kind of having to work through the, the devastating thoughts around your hopes and your dreams for your family and how you're having to refocus mm. and reshuffle those dreams and priorities mm. in terms of what this now means for our family. Sure. So it can be quite a shock and it's, it's almost like a death yeah. and, a, and a rebirth. Until you find a space where you can accept that this is what it is and how we're going to then adjust to all of this in terms of a family. Joanna, unfortunately we are out of time, but is there a website for your center sure. or for other, other websites people might find interesting perhaps? Yes, so there's, it's www.psychmatters.co.za. We've got some articles they can read. Yes. And then the Reach for, the, for a Dream Foundation you can actually access where they work with children with life-threatening diseases on mm. 011 zero one seven four zero and they can contact them for some support joanna thank you so much for your time and all the best we love the work you do and we'll continue to support it how we can thank you very much for having us on the show and good luck all right then that's joanna cleovolu clinical psychologist and founder of psych matters center check out psychmatters.co.za fresh presses monday to friday 5 5 to 8 a.m on metro fm